0: Here we go, Soul Fan, with today's new Ceremony Circle Podcast episode. For anyone new here, I am your host and the author of the best-selling book in deck, Animal Power. My name is Allison Charles Story, and we get to voyage today with Dr. Nikki Starr. She is a medical doctor turned transformational life coach. She's traveled the world touching every continent except Antarctica researching alternative healing modalities while awakening her innate healing and intuitive abilities. Dr. Nikki comes from a lineage of Colombian healers, and she also appeared on the Fox show titled Utopia, where they named her Dr. Love. Dr. Nikki graduated from medical school. Then she realized how she could better facilitate healing others using energy. And we for sure get into all of that wild journey with her today. We also cover when she discovered her healing abilities that extended outside of the Western medicine realm and what first alerted her that being a doctor wasn't actually her highest calling this lifetime. We also talk about how you can awaken your innate healing and intuitive abilities. We talk a lot about money, how she went from being bankrupt to having $100,000 months. She's super real deal honest about all of those details. We talk about her time at spiritual school, her in Italy, how to turn pain into power, how to lean into divine feminine and becoming goddess again, and so much more. And don't forget to stick around to the end of today's episode, as you will love Dr. Nikki's ritual that she guides in the signature closing ceremony circle practice. This one is called Magnetic in Your Presence. So here we grow with Dr. Nikki Starr in being willing to be way more magnificent than you ever knew you could be. Okay, yay, the time has arrived. Nikki, you are here. Hello, hello. (laughs) Oh my gosh, we were laughing before I hit record because it was a funny journey for us to finally arrive to actually recording. You're living in Ibiza and the time zones are really confusing for me and so I'm just happy that we're finally here and it's so great to see you. And when we were just tuning in um, a moment ago to just get really present with one another, I was like, where exactly do I want to begin with our chat? And I was kind of taken to the fact that you're now sitting in Ibiza and I was taken to this vision of how throughout your path, you seem to have really gotten into a place of mastery with mapping and manifesting. And I saw this like line, this trajectory line of like all these places, but especially it seems in the last couple few years when you manifested that beautiful oceanfront home in Malibu And then now you sit here in Ibiza. And so I know it's a strange starting point, but take us into how you got into those energetics and trusting the living of that circuitry. Yeah, well, there were actually three homes in Malibu, all oceanfront, beachfront.
1: Yeah. And then this house here is seafront. There is no, um, so we're not in the room that has like the whole, like not this part of the house, the room, there's a room in front that has seafront and then also the kitchen and the living space and the dining room. And yeah, I feel like how did it begin? I think it's when I decided what I'm available for and really just decided like I'm not available for anything below a certain type of energetic match to live and i realized that for my well-being for the transmission of my mission like where i live and be every day is so important and it's part of my frequency and both cancer and vedic and in western astrology and so the water is really where i thrive And I feel that it's so important that we live where we thrive. And even as there was that mass exodus and like a lot of LA went to Austin or Miami, I was like, well, Austin's not even an option. Like it would have to be Miami for me. But then it was like, but what about a visa? And so Malibu was really for me, like, I believed that I would, that was like my ultimate goal. I would settle down there one day. But then there was something inside of me of like, why not just manifest it now? why am I waiting until I'm a certain age or till I have a certain checkbox of a success on my list, you know? And it was interesting because I made the decision for it before there were any of the finances before the business had gone to the next level and then the next level again. And, and I can share about the specifics of that. Cause I think it's important because it is about us deciding a lot of things before we manifest them. And before like, I have said yes before even knowing how it was all going to come together. And I do believe I live kind of like jumping off the cliff, and I know that the universe is going to catch me. There is a deep, profound trust that if I know it's destined for me and I feel it in my being and I know it's for me, I just go for it. And thankfully, I have always been supported. What moved me from Malibu to Ibiza was that things started to shift and and I took that as a sign. So I very much live following the signs, following intuitive guidance. And sometimes that could not make sense. And, And that's kind of what happened with Malibu. So I was living in Topanga and it was just like, look at houses on Zillow, like look in Malibu. And I'm like, but this doesn't make any sense. Like at that time I was maybe just starting to get into the 10K a month range and i was just like you know this is
0: crazy like yes, how yeah, is it- in in our minds you know when we see shows that feature those homes we know like The bare minimum, I'm just pulling a number out of my butt, but it's like $30 million or something, you know, to own an oceanfront home in Malibu. So it feels even for people that are quote unquote successful and compared to the general population are making large sums of money still, even with that oceanfront home in Malibu still feels outside of the possible box.
1: Yeah. And and the rent that I paid for the homes was the first one was like 8,000. The second one was 20,000 a month. These were per month. And then the third one was 13,000 a month. So it were still like these wild numbers that I was like, how is that going to happen? Well, the first one was actually listed for 11,000 a month. And it didn't even look that great in pictures, but I went and I was seeing a whole bunch of them and I was like, yeah, but this one works. There's like this lower floor that could be for like my clients, for like private retreats and then there's a the master space and it was everything I wanted. I wanted to make sure that the bed had a ocean front view. And that so did the deck, like the living room space. And I wanted to be able to host circles and gatherings in the living room space. So the way it was set up, like, I was like, okay, let me just go and feel the energy. And then when I went there, I knew that was that there was so much light because there were skylights and, and the owners really loved me and they just really wanted me to live there. Then the price was like lowered to maybe like nine. And then I heard that there was construction and then I asked them to lower it again. And then they did. And then I was able to ask someone to be a co-signer for me. And they were like, yes, but the, the landlords didn't even like make them fill out an application. Then they didn't even check my reports or anything. They were just like, yeah, sure. It was almost like who I was was what allowed it to happen. It was the energetic match. Like it was a miracle. I'm like, how many people just approve me? And then that day, like I had signed a client for like a 10K package. So, and then like another client came in and then I had like enough for like the deposit and the first month's rent. And then from there it was like, I landed deeper into my work because I was in such deep gratitude and so inspired that I wanted to share more. And so then- I started having like 40 K months, 60 K months. And then that year ended up being like a 200 K year. And so I was like, amazing. And then the pandemic came and then I went to Hawaii for a second to do a community project with some friends. And then I realized that it wasn't the time yet. And so I was like, Malibu called me back. I had goals for a hundred thousand dollar a month and when I got back to L.A., I was living in Laurel Canyon for like a minute until I could find a place because there wasn't that much available in Malibu, given everything that happened with the pandemic. Everyone kind of decided to move there in L.A., like people who could afford to. So there was lower availability in Malibu, but I knew I would find some something and I was looking, I was looking and then again. I went to see one place that was like 14,000 a month. And then the realtor was like, I have another one coming on the market. It's going to be like 20,000. Like, I don't know if you're interested. And I was like, well, I think 15 is kind of my cap. And she was just like, you should just look at it. It was like a mansion. This one, this one was like huge. And it was like chandeliers and like all this stuff. (laughs) And then when I walked into the master bedroom, I squealed. I was like, Because it was like beautiful ocean views. And then there was like this separate master bathroom with a standalone tub and this beautiful light fixture. And it was just so magnificent. And I was like, I want to live here. And I just had such a strong desire. And so then I ended up meeting the owners and I was like letting her know, like just to see what happens with this month. And then, like that month before, I think I had like a $60,000 month and then like an $80,000 month. And then I was like, okay. And then think they wanted two or three months deposit with that so it was like a really big chunk to hand over and I knew I really wanted it and same thing it's like the landlords didn't even like they checked everything for me they didn't even ask for like a co-signer or anything and they were two doctors so they liked that I was a doctor and it was again like because of who I was they saw like my YouTube channel and they were watching and I haven't posted on YouTube in like so long. And so they were just like Okay, yeah, we'll give it to her. And so I had to trust myself. And that month, it was like eleven, eleven on my birthday, July twentieth. That she said, okay, they said yes, and I just felt like with the timestamp of the email, the saying yes, and then that was my hundred thousand dollar month. Wow. But that's the end of the month. So it was, I took the leaps of faith before I had the evidence of okay, I can afford this. It's like I allowed the universe to support me and in that trust and in the decision before the evidence, before having what I needed in place to make sure it was all safe before I took the next step. And and I feel like this is even connected to some of what we want to talk about is like, I feel like that's really living in our feminine. It's like being in such deep trust. And really going with what inspires us and lights us up. Not not what's logical. Because logical is very masculine living, right? Like logi- very masculine beings would never do that because it doesn't make any logical sense. You're like, you don't have that money in the bank. But when you're manifesting wild things, this is when we're in our feminine. And it's the feminine that dreams really big and, and is the visionary and is like pulling out all the things that could be possible, like that infinite possibility space. Is the universe and the universe is feminine right she gave birth to everything so a lot of that was like initiations into deep deep trust and I was loving Malibu and then it got to a point where a lot of the demographic and what was happening in LA was not really aligned with my values anymore like a lot of people left LA at that point and I felt like huh like am I supposed to live somewhere else? I was supposed to go to Miami for that New Year's and then I didn't go because my family got COVID and then we didn't end up going, you know, so I didn't go to the East coast. And so I kind of just was staying cozy instead of listening to my intuition. So things just started to dismantle like the house I was living in. That was the 20 K mansion house had a, there was like huge rains, like December 29th. I'll never forget because I was like, woke up and I hear like plop, plop, plop. And it's like all this water coming into the house and they took a long time to fix it. There was mold. Luckily I found an, another house like right in time. Cause I had like a client coming for retreats and, and then just things started to like get quieter and quieter. And I was just like, what is going on? And it was like, you need to leave. And we're so- going to
0: force you out. <laughs>
1: Exactly. Exactly. So I started to get forced out and, and I was even sharing with you before that even in delaying, cause I like, didn't want to, there was a part of me that was so attached, but like, well, Malibu was my dream. I don't understand. And it was like, and then that year was like almost $500,000 a year. And so I was like, but I'm reaching success here, but I felt like it all had to kind of get quiet so that I would move because if everything stayed super successful and like kept going up and up and up I would have never left I would have been like I can't leave like my life is here everything is flowing perfectly and then I got stung by the stingray and you think that would stop me but no everyone's like you're crazy you're bleeding out of your foot you cut the tendon you can't even walk you can't even lift your foot and I just put on an air cast and I got on the plane anyway and coming to Ibiza was one of the greatest gifts because I found love I really activated my feminine to a deeper level. And yeah, and it's just been a journey. And then I found this beautiful home. And similarly, like the landlord just loved me and he's like, yeah, I'll just collect the rent whenever and like lowered the price for me. And so it's just like, I feel like sometimes just, we do have a destiny, right? We have to walk the path to choose it and say yes and trust. And the door is open for us when we do. And it's like right away. It's like within that month, I found love within that month. I found this house, like so many things just were like given to me. And visa and can be really hard. Like she's a Scorpio island. Like she'll like kick you off. Like people, I know people who couldn't find places to stay, had to leave like really hard times. And for me, like always found a car to rent at a great price. Like everything always opened. Sometimes I found in the beginning, found a place to stay for like two days before, but I, I just trusted. I knew what I wanted. I didn't settle. And the places that I wanted
0: to live always
1: manifested.
0: This is such an incredible story. And I really appreciate you just being so fully transparent, even with the numbers, because when A guest is willing to do that to the degree that you are. It's such powerful medicine for anyone listening because it lets them know what's really possible. Because, you know, even in storytelling where it's not to the transparency level that you're delivering it, it just doesn't quite expand the perception the way it does in how you're explaining it. And I also, you know, want to let the listeners know that. You're not someone who came from a family with tons and tons of money, millions of dollars, you know, I met you. We were both living in New York City. You had your upbringing there, and it is not an easy place to live. It's called the concrete jungle for a reason. You know, you come from a lineage of Colombian healers. And so I, I definitely want to bring that piece in. And I don't know if there's anything else that you want to reiterate along those lines that you being able to become the energetics that you are in order to live in all of those Malibu mansions and and to be where you are. It's not like you were born into seeing how those energetics work.
1: Yeah. And if anything, I feel like I came in with a disadvantage of energetics because for a few reasons, one is just like 3d stuff where my parents were 18 years old when they had me, they were in the sex drugs and rock and roll scene in the eighties, like hanging out with guns and roses. There was lots of drugs, lots of infidelity, like, it was a chaotic environment. Like my mother was in high school, like her last year of high school when she got pregnant with me, you know, they got married before they had me, but they had a really rocky period, the first five years, especially. And then my father went to jail for being a drug dealer. And then, you know, so there was that whole thing, but then my mother met my stepfather when I was seven. So I didn't really have a period. She got married to when I was seven, excuse me. So I had like an immediate father replacement luckily, but it's like I had these imprints of in those first seven years, which are so formidable of a lot of chaos, a lot of change. We moved, uh, moved twice or three times, actually, you know, thankfully, like my grandparents were like, there was so much love in our family that there was never a lack of love or, you know, but there was a lot of, of challenge in that way. And then on top of that, coming from the lineage of Colombian healers and shamans, a lot of black magic put onto the family line for, with generational curses. And a lot of my spiritual journey was like clearing out the curses and the hexes and the spells and all the generational things. And then, on top of that, when I first started my spiritual path, my first spiritual teacher, you could say, we worked together for like six months. He kind of introduced me to different healers, first introduced me to shamanism in this life, like helped me awaken to remember where I come from. And that started asking questions to my family to understand who I was even. And, and then we stopped working together and then he went and put all these curses and hexes on me because he thought we were going to work together forever. And then, but it wasn't a match. And I don't know, he had this idea in his mind of something that happened that didn't. This is what I learned later from when I went to go and clear it through going around the world and working with all different healers and shamans. So like my own journey was to like clear my karma as well. So there were so many things that were like obstacle, obstacle, ugh. like it was, you know, and even still like there's stuff I've cleared generation, like there was like this cage around my heart, preventing me from having love. Like, I'm like, that's right. <laughs> like, And of course, like ultimately it's, it's my power, right? Like we can only allow those things to happen. And of course, when it's in our field and we're born with things, we're more susceptible to these kinds of things. But as I apprenticed with different healers and shamans, I got to learn that even disease can be caused by a curse or a hex put onto you by someone. And sometimes people don't even realize they're doing it because it can even be done with thoughts. And it can be done when you say a negative thing and you kind of wish something negative on a person. This is like black magic. And that was like incredible training that I then share with, you know, people I work with now and in my courses and such, because everything is energetics. Like, and some people actually will still do it the old-fashioned way of going to pay someone to do a whole thing. And um, but it's been a hard journey. And even this past year with the dismantling was so painful because I'm like, I don't get it, I'm doing all the right things. But it's like when you need to change course, like if you're not listening and you're not on path. You will get on path, especially if you're choosing to walk a spiritual path. So it's been painful and a lot of tears and but also like what a resilient woman I am. I feel even emotional because it's like what I've walked through, you know. But like I'm grateful for it because I know. Like I remember there were times I had like like on my journey before I like got to Malibu, I had like a thousand dollars in my bank account. And I like gave that for a ritual to happen. So I could clear so much of like the karmic shit that was like causing a lot of the physical manifestations of the obstacles, you know, so my path has been like devoted to my healing.
0: I'm going to start crying too. (laughs) I feel it so deeply, you know, that word devotion is everything. And when one lives in true devotion one can recognize another who really truly lives in true devotion and so i feel everything that you just shared so deeply like the depths that you have been willing to go to within yourself and yeah just no stone left unturned no nook and cranny within yourself left uh, stifled or hidden, like just step after step, thread after thread, you've been willing to really go all in and do whatever is needed with each step. And that kind of living is it's worth it and so miraculous and also just so fucking wild and intense and beyond human mind conception. It's just a different way of maneuvering through life when you really live in true devotion. So thank you for uh, yeah, just bringing those uh, embodied energetics into the space here. I just want to take a second to honor all of that. And also, you know, you said the word resilience and the other word is the relentlessness. You know, it's like (laughs) you've had to cut through a lot, carve through a lot, release a lot, face a lot, and whether it was personal things or lineage, ancestry things. And yet revelation after revelation, you know, just being so relentless with doing what you know you need to do. And so um, just honoring you for that and for for putting in all the deep, deep work. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah.
1: it was was interesting because like there was the decade of my life devoted to becoming a medical doctor. And then it was the decade of my life that was devoted to my spiritual journey and ascending and awakening all the parts of me and clearing out what wasn't serving and really stepping into a next level embodiment. And then last year, I decided that this next decade is the decade of love. This will be the year to create a family and do all of those things and really focus in love. But it's still all a part of the same mission. Like all of it has been a part of the same mission. And uh, I really believe in us living our ultimate potential in this life and manifesting our highest potential timeline. And that comes with healing ourselves and really looking at everything like healing our family line, healing ourselves so that we bring in this next generation of star children onto the planet and create the new earth. And our frequency so much affects not only like everything in our life, but of course the future generations too. So yes, it's been a labor of love and dedication and devotion. And I wouldn't change it for a second. And I I sometimes think that I had to experience a lot of this pain just so that I have an understanding of what other people are going through. Sure. Even though I've had the hardships and the challenges from just where I you know, cause all my grandparents were immigrants, came to this country with nothing. My parents didn't go to college. Like it wasn't, like you said, it wasn't this like lucrative upbringing and it wasn't with all of these opportunities and even like networking connections that a lot of people may just be born into. But I think with that, I still have had like such a breath of life because I also like decided to travel the world and touch every content by the age of 25. And and I was on a reality reality show, remember back in 2014. So it's really been like my decision to live life to the fullest. So I can owe all of it to myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My decision that regardless of my past or where I come from or anything, that in every moment I decide what it's going to be, like what this life is going to be, what I'm going to choose to create. So what, like, there are no excuses. (laughs) I know firsthand, like there are no excuses. Right,
0: yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so much of what you're sharing resonates so much for me. Another piece that was coming in was uh, when you said the word potential, and I was connecting some dots, I think just yesterday actually, of feeling such gratitude and deep peace for the fact that already at at what I would consider to be still a pretty young age, I mean, I mean, I guess maybe some would beg to differ. I am 44, but still feel very young at heart. And yet, while I still have so many years I want to live and so many things I want to experience, I already feel such at peace with how much life I have lived and I really see a direct correlation with that deep peace and true fulfillment for the richness of life I've experienced due to a couple of things. Me being relentlessly willing to explore my infinite potential and you know just getting in there and facing all of the all of the things but another piece that entered in with your last share was also being willing to let it all go. And you have exemplified that as well. You know, we haven't even talked about the fact that, yeah, you are Dr. Nikki Starr and you did go to medical school and there's a whole wild story around all of that. And yet you were willing to let that identity and let that at once ideal vision and goal release when something else presented that was more true and more authentic and more aligned with your soul's mission and calling this life to him, you were willing to let a lot of that shift out and you have done that. And and I'm always willing, and I think it's such an important thing to talk about. I haven't talked about it for a while here on Ceremony Circle is that, you know, even though I was so clearly shown that I need to hold the space and hold the title of woman shaman, I'm also at any millisecond willing to let that identity and title go. If and when I am told by God Goddess that me holding that energetic space has served its duty and served its mission and I don't need to hold that title the way I've been told I need to before, I'm fine with letting it shift and morphing into whatever other dimension, shape, and form God Goddess tells me to morph into. So I just wanted to bring that to light. You can, of course, share whatever has bubbled up for you. And I would like to touch on then, you know, I have here in some, some notes that I felt was really important that when you were in medical school, you realized that your empathic and your psychic abilities, there was no room for those gifts. And I thought, wow, you know, not that that's like a necessarily new revelation, but it just brought back front and center to me, just the sorrow I feel when I think about how Western medical does not create room for people to use their spiritual gifts and to weave into the Western medical training. And that brings a lot of sadness to me and just how you realized you, you wanted to cultivate your innate healing and intuitive abilities above, above all else, because you saw that writing prescriptions just wasn't the the answer for your patients. Yeah. Well,
1: first I want to address just what you were saying about being willing to let it go. Cause I think that was similarly of what happened with Malibu it was like the ultimate dream. And then I lived it and I was like, next, you know, we're meant to be living a dynamic reality in life if we are evolving. Like it's not possible for our life to stay the same if we're constantly evolving and shifting. And what I realized was in that time with Malibu was very much connected to what I wanted. And now I've gotten to a point that I really have, I like have had all the material things I've wanted, like Porsche cars and you know Malibu homes and that then it got to the point where I finally shifted of like Actually, whatever's for my highest timeline, I want that. I don't even know what it is, but I want whatever's for my highest timeline. And now my prayers are in that. Now my manifestations are in that. And a lot of times there's not even like a lot of specifics. So sometimes it makes like new moon, full moon time. I'm kind of like, okay, what are the top three things I want this month? You know, And, and just feeling into that because there's less of like wanting, like once you achieve certain things, I do feel like what you're saying, like what you're saying, when God, Goddess, or whatever you call it, the quantum, the universe, whatever everyone calls it, or whatever you feel guided by, I feel that there's like this greater plan than our human even knows. And when we open and surrender to that, that's when we can be taken on the journey of our life. And when we resist, that's when it gets challenging. <laughs> it's challenging anyway. So, yeah. So, thank you for sharing that, like that willingness to let go so that we can continue to ascend and rise and have the optimal timelines manifest for us better than we could have planned ourselves. And Mm -hmm. and that openness is what brings things that happen far beyond our wild imagination. And and that's always really fun. Mm -hmm. And so in terms of the intuitive gifts, so I didn't really realize I had them because they were just my way of being. Until I was in the hospital, until I was seeing patients, and then we would talk about it with the other residents and attending physicians, and they would share what the treatment was going to be. And I was like, no, I would not say, I would not pick this, you know, like, this is not what I would say. And then I started to realize how much emotional lifestyle things were being physically manifested in the body. Like, there's not even a problem with this person. It's a physical manifestation of how they're thinking, how they're living. They're not even moving their bodies. Like, this is why, or they're overweight. That's why they have the knee pain. And then you're just going to give them a knee replacement. Like, (laughs) and it was just like, what? (laughs) And I couldn't get brainwashed by the system. And even when I was on my psych rotation too, I remember like they're coming into a spiritual awakening. Like they are actually having that vision. Like I understand that it's like this diagnosis, but like, and even now when people go through spiritual awakening and the veil gets really thin and they're like diagnosed with psychosis, I'm like, no, they are just like not grounded. They're not understanding how to make sense of the opening of their cities and their gifts. Like they just need some training energetically to understand how to manage all this information. And, and so that's what made it really easy to leave. And with my spiritual awakening coming online and then me understanding I was different, it just, like I said, it just made, I didn't even know I was leaving when I left. I actually took a one-way ticket to Ibiza. Yeah. So that was an interesting, like similar parallel. Like every time I went to change my life, I came to Ibiza. So definitely have some karmic stuff here for sure. And then with that, it's just the evolution of the gifts just started. You know, as long as I think the moment we choose the path that's destined for us, we're gifted. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's when the gifts started coming online. That's when I just felt like my life became one big synchronic flow of goodness that I had no plans. And I was just like going on. I even found this community in Italy and lived there for three months. So, the, the breath of life has been so powerful. And a lot of it was just like trusting intuition, like, and a lot of it in the real time moment, like not being able to, like, even now I don't really plan that far in advance because I don't know what's going to happen.
0: Yeah. 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 As we were sharing, I won't give the detail, but before I hit record, you're like, I just realized something yesterday. That's like, now my life is totally different. Like that just happened yesterday. I'm still processing actually. Yeah. You just, you never know the currents and shifts and I won't speak too much to it because I haven't even really talked about it and I don't, I am don't even have my finger exactly on it, but I just want to say I'm currently sitting in some of the potentially like deepest, biggest, energetic foundational shifts of, of my life. And I feel them. I'm very, very present and at one with them. And I don't know exactly what's happening, but I have an idea. And if, if my idea is correct, I'm like, oh, oh, this is, this is huge. This is a doozy. And I feel like it pertains to one of the main duties, assignments I was given for my incarnation and my soul mission this lifetime, I feel that I have fulfilled that aspect of the mission and duty. And I feel like it was a top three to five timeline of of all of my duties. And now that that has gotten the stamp of completion, approval, like, okay, she has fulfilled that aspect of the mission and feeling that completion, there's something massive and uh, different that's brewing that I'm, I'm really intrigued by. So I will keep you all posted on that. So you just, you never know. You never know what's going to swirl in and swirl out. Go ahead. I said, Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. I know it's very interesting and exciting and fun. I guess I'll say one more thing. I feel like it connects into, I have been holding such steadfast, devoted, powerful space for a cause and for all and for all humanity and all living beings and like the worlds, both earthly and unseen. And I feel that that through line mission of holding that space for a cause got to a completion point. And so now it feels like there's something coming in where a next big chapter of my voyage will be more about living for me, which is very interesting. We (laughs) shall see. Stay tuned. Hey fam, popping in here super quick to remind you that my best-selling Animal Power book and card deck are both available and out now. Animal Power book is 100 animals to energize your life and awaken your soul. It's a deluxe compendium of power animals. So anytime you dream of an animal or have an animal continuously crossing your path and you're wondering, why is this animal showing up so much for me? Just pop into my beautiful book that also has a gorgeous full page color illustration of beach animal to learn its wisdom, teachings, and meaning so you can more deeply understand why that animal showed up in your life. An Animal Power deck is super fun to work with. You can pull a random card to see what animal has a message for you that day or ask the deck a specific question to see what clarity might reveal. Both Animal Power book and deck are available everywhere books are sold. The book has been the number one new release in shamanism and many other categories. You can also get them from my website and when you visit there, AllisonCharles.com backslash animal power that's a l y s o n dot com backslash animal power you'll also receive a free video drumming shamanic journey that i personally guide where you can meet your current power animal i appreciate your support so much and now back to today's show can you explain for people so you were going to medical school, then you you realized that needed to shift. You got more into understanding your Colombian shamanic and, and healing lineage. You got more into understanding your own intuitive gifts and psychic abilities and shamanic abilities. And as you then shifted more over into spiritual healer land, when you were having those 40K, 60K, 100K months, what exactly were you doing were you one-on-one mentoring people were you having mastermind groups like i'm sure people that are newer to the path and can tell they have a calling in this space that they feel is career related they're probably like pretty mind blown how is this healer having a 100k month
1: yeah so it was a mixture of so i had my first big month in the first malibu house The thing that had me have my first like $60,000 a month was I created my ultimate woman program. So it was a group program that was a higher ticket. So it was like early bird was 5k and then it was 6k after that. And so then having 10 people, 11, 12 people sign up. And then I still had my one-to-one clients and some people were on payment plans. And so that trickled out throughout the year. And then when I had the 100 k month, I had raised my rates for my one-to-one and I had a client paying full. So along with the clients I currently had on payment plans with some of the courses. So it's always been a mixture of group one-to-one and then kind of like lower tiered offers. But I haven't had as much hundreds of people in a program or something like that just yet. I feel like having a really solid team would be necessary for that. And there's been times where I had six people on my team and it got really exhausting for me and like burnout-ish because I spent a lot of time managing people and that's not what I want to do. I feel the next iteration that will happen is I feel I will have like a right-hand person, like an operations person, then I am just interfacing with them and they manage everything else as a way to kind of get to that next of like reaching the masses with courses or offerings. Cause a lot of that's like customer service work as well. So making sure that like the team is really strong for that because after having six people, it was like, I don't want to do that. No, (laughs) and this is partly what I feel like I then shifted into a mentor as like a feminine, business mentor where it's like you really get to do whatever you want whenever you want you really get to charge whatever you want however you want like there are no rules you make your own rules like my clients I take in bed naked most of the time or in a bathrobe I like write all my content in bed naked or in a bathrobe like there's no like going to the office I go to nature every day like my self-care is priority my healings are priority and then everything flows from that place. So it's like a very like people are like, huh, you're in a
0: bathroom all day. And it's like, yes, because this makes me feel good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <In>
1: my bathroom.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's the same. I know I I also live I, I would say a, at least half the week in my bathroom. The other half, I put like a nice pair of sweats on, fancy sweats. And yeah, it's only for these interviews that I uh, reach into the closet and actually take something off the hanger that's nicer. But I guess let's stay in this vein of that divine feminine, you know, because as you've exhibited throughout this conversation, Your personal and career life was not always functioning out of the feminine energetics. A lot of it had to at different times. It needed to be more masculine driven because you were probably more in survival mode and trying to figure your life out. So it wasn't repetition of, you know, certain ancestral patterns and things like that. But throughout your willingness to face transcend, transmute, heal, all the things and shifting more into the slowing down and learning what the divine feminine energetics mean for you, if you could kind of take people along for how you arrive to that. I've shared a little bit in my journey and and the avid listeners of the podcast know that, especially in the last two to three years, I've really, I mean, it was a longer journey than just that, but it's in the last two to three years that I really like landed in those energetics and have bravely, um, continued to, to open up in them. And in doing so, my life looks completely different than when my time when you and i were friends in in new york city i mean it's like night and day and it's truly some of the bravest work that i've ever done and right now i hold where you want to go with it but i'm remembering the other piece it was again such an important point at different times in my career yeah i had all these different people on my team because i thought that that's what up-leveling or scaling meant. I thought, okay, I've, you know, been a a shaman for this many years and like, you know, in order to not stay stagnant and in order for my business and my career as a healer to grow, I think I'm supposed to have all these employees, right? I think I'm supposed to do A, B, and C. And so I, I did those things and brought some of that stuff in. And then similar to you, I realized, huh, I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. I don't think that scaling and success equates to having to have a team of a bunch of employees. And so it's also been really fascinating and, and hilarious at times for me to watch my journey having been on this path for so long at this point to now, I have not moved backwards at all, but it's for the most part, I mean, I do have a few people. I have my creative director in Italy, and I of course have my podcast team. But other than that, you know, this sh- shamanic, divinely guided empire is this gal right here, you know, and maybe Cookie the dog napping beside me. She's my right hand lady uh, on this on this crew here on the squad. But I love that you brought that transparency to light too. That in order to ha- be have a thriving career and to really be of service for thousands or millions of people, you you don't. Have to have a team of a ton of employees.
1: Like, I really still have the vision to reach millions, right? I feel that when I have a strong team, that's when it will happen. But I think that I don't have to be the one to manage them. Yeah. It was during that time when I had, let's see, how many did I have? Yeah, no, I I would say in the 200K years when I had the six employees and then I dropped it down to like just an assistant for the 500K year, or maybe it was like one assistant that was more full-time and like another two that were like more part-time, but it was so like less management, like less projects. I just like scaled back a lot. And then I felt like more like relaxed Mm -hmm. and that allowed me to just, because otherwise was getting burnt out. And I think that's the thing, like becoming a medical doctor, Super masculine, so much like adrenaline and focus, and having to be on for so many hours. Like, you're in the hospital working so many hours, it was so exhausting. Like, that was partly too. I was like, I don't want to live like this. And then transitioning, it's like I got more feminine every single year, but there was still a lot of hustle in the beginning. And it wasn't like, I mean, for the first I would say up until 2000, actually, basically until I decided to make money, it was like hustle, you know, it was like session to session. And then in 2018, a big shift happened because I decided that I didn't want to do one, like one-time sessions anymore. It's like, you go on a journey with me because there's no way we're going to have a lasting result with like one session. Yes, you will have instant results, but for lasting transformation, we need to go on a journey. It's like literally changing who you're being. And that is much longer. And that's when I decided that I would do these like group journeys, or I even have like a membership that's like a year, because what, like, you know, what are we going to talk about? Like relationship, but then there's energetics to talk about, and there's like other level types of nutrition to talk about for spiritual awakening, you know? And then there's, you know, there's so many different topics in the range of spirituality, that I didn't feel like I could do one-time sessions anymore. And I feel like that's really what shifted things because then I have clients that go and they stay. Like I have clients that have been with me for a few years and then that makes it easier. So you're not like marketing so much or like trying to get clients. You're just like existing and then the people come into your field and they stay and they go and they go and they come back to And so I think that's a really shifted is like my decision that I wanted to make sure I was being prosperous and being taken care of, and then also changing my business model and then also raising my rates. Because a lot of people I think who are serious about their transformation are willing to invest the money in themselves. Like they know that they're their most valuable investment. And I guess that also shifted like the type of people I was working with instead of like maybe newbies all the time. It was like people who are already doing some kind of personal development. And then I feel like creating like a model where there are entry level things for $33 that the newbies can go into. And I say newbies meaning like people who are new to spirituality and personal development. And then from there, as they start to see results, they feel the worth of investing more and more and more. But what I came to realize is, you know, a lot of the like people I work with who are leaders are at this level of reaching a lot of people. So they have the funds to be able to invest in their, themselves. And just like I've invested hundreds of thousands, I feel, in my personal development, I tend to work with people who are also similar. So then my clients are having half a million dollar months also. I mean, year, sorry, soon, <laughs> sooner to be half a million dollar months. That's <laughs> a perfectly divine slip. But this idea that like, it's like an investment, like it comes back. And then with that, it's like serving, it's a ripple effect because maybe I'm not serving thousands of people right now, but they're serving people and it creates that uh, effect. And then like the longer term vision, like I said, is I do see myself reaching millions of people, but the capacity of how I'm not quite sure yet, and right. maybe it's going to be through social media, but maybe it's going to be another way, who knows?
0: Yeah, yeah, and so I think in the last little bit before we get to the closing ceremony circle practice, a vision just popped in. So I'm just tuning into the words for it. Yeah, it's around. I have here. I think I found this phrase either on your Instagram or your website, maybe as a program offering, "becoming goddess again," and again, you know, this chat of the divine feminine and and slowing down and how that. <laughs> Feels and functions, and and what that looks like in your in your daily life. You know, I also found this phrase somewhere in your work: celebrations of self care and femininity, and so all of the things that I just named. I was like, ooh, this feels again very very present for me. So whatever else you can share along those veins to paint that picture for people. Yeah,
1: well, the thing I'm just hearing is just so strongly is like as women we are really loved for who we are not what we can do and there's been such a distortion of that in the patriarchal society where we're working all these hours and and hustling and all of that and and when we're really stepping into our goddess self and our feminine self we the energetics and the embodiment of our being become so magnetic to everything we want to manifest and everything we desire. And that's like when I was sharing at the beginning about the Malibu houses, why, oh, and even this house here, why I got these houses was because of who I am. And it is about, yes, partly like they then Googled me and saw who I was and they're like, we want someone like her to live in our house, but who I am on social media or the internet is who I am. And it's who I am. It's not because I'm doing anything or hustling or. So the more what I have found is the more relaxed I've become and the more in trust and surrendered and even part of that has to do with having like a thriving dating life or being in juicy romantic relationship is the more as women we step into our feminine because we've been so hyper masculinized, the more things flow to us and we can literally sit back like the queens that we are and learn to receive because there's abundance and opportunities and gifts for us all around us and as we start to embody those energetics and our nervous system slows down and we're more receptive we start to receive more hmm. and this is when just all things come that we weren't even planning for we weren't even asking for and then the things we ask for come even faster And so that creates like that magnetism and that radiance. And so as I was sharing, like so much of a feminine led business is prioritizing how we feel, how we show up in the world, because our work is an extension of us, especially if you're a facilitator or healer or guide, or your face is being shown to the world in some way. And even if you have a business, it's not your name, your creations are still an extension of you. And so being able to source energy also from the earth, from your original essence, like, and and so a lot of my work has shifted into the actual embodiment of energetics, like literally thinking, how am I being in my body right now in this moment? And based on what your goals are, like, like even in partnership, I make sure but I'm like, wait, okay, I want to make sure we're, we have more of an attraction energy. And if I'm like penetrating and my energy is so much in his field, like that's not the vibe. So then really learning how to bring my energy back into my body and be super leaned back. And then that creates the magnetism for him to penetrate me. And I think the same is true for business where if you're, you know, it just depends on who your clients want to be. If you're in a more masculine energy, like some people find it very annoying if you're like inboxing, asking if they want, like it's, it can be a repulsion. Whereas if you're just being this energy, this radiance, then you're magnetizing in your clients don't
0: need to go out to get them. Yeah. Yeah. This is so huge. And I'm sure for some, uh, not all, but some folks in the soul fam joining us, there you know, their brains are trying to really hard to compute because it it does go so against so many years, especially over here in the U.S. of what we were sold, told, brainwashed into thinking, um, especially with the tales of like women in the workforce and boss bitch babes and all the, you know, <laughs> all the waves that like, hey, they're, they all serve their purpose and the whole totality of earth and human evolution. You know, I'm not like, wagging my finger at it. It's just, I think now we've evolved a bit enough past all of that, that we have some hindsight to see the illusions and distortions that were in in some of those uh, tales that we were told. And so, yeah, I just love that more conversations are being had around that so that The imprinting in this way can come back in and people can try to remember the truths of that because it might feel far-fetched to think how those energetics you just described can really work. I can hear people's, you know, wheels turning and their thoughts of like, but I've got bills to pay and like, either for this lady to say, or, you know, like those things that come up. But again, remember, Nikki and I, we weren't born into these imprints. These are things that through living in devotion and the ways we've been talking about like we've had to figure out for ourselves and learn for ourselves and re-teach and re-encode um and it it is possible so thank you so much for just all of your honesty and your generosity and sharing all of this hard-earned devotional wisdom and an embodiment that you've gotten to i know i can feel how powerful it is for anyone listening so Thank you, and uh, unless there's anything else that you feel compelled to share that was left on the table.
1: I do wanna share one thing to just add like the science behind what I'm sharing. So when we are hyper-masculinized and hustling as women, our adrenals are in overdrive and like our testosterone levels raise and this can exhaust us and burn us out. So from a hormonal perspective, it's also very unhealthy like for us to be hormone, and we see this as an issue, a lot of people have hormone imbalances. And so when we are operating more in a feminine way, more receptive, more trusting, more surrendered, which feels so scary to do, I can understand if it's new, right? But I shared to you all the crazy stories of when I just trusted and went with what I desired, how everything worked out. And our our nervous system is, calmer. And then with that, our hormones are better regulated. So I wouldn't doubt that there's a correlation with fertility. Like even though we're seeing in like all of society, right? Like a lot of it's been shown that it's been more challenging over the years. I don't doubt it's because of the hyper masculinized way women are brought up that it's now normal to live like hustling like that, you know, because of the hormone imbalance it creates. Yeah, another reason
0: does? to explore uh, the divine feminine if you feel the call, of course, and if it resonates. So, all right. Well, I'm excited to sit in the field that you're about to create for us, and of course, if you're driving, put it on pause and and do whatever this ritual is that Nikki's going to guide us in when you get back home.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you, Allison. So,
1: I just want to start by sharing. I want to share with you listeners, a few different embodiment practices that you already possibly know, but that your intention could be slightly different in why you're doing them and that you can do them throughout the day so that you can be more magnetic with your presence and that you can be more energetically in your feminine energy. So firstly, just take a moment to close your eyes And just start to breathe deeply in through your nose, holding at the top. And then exhaling, letting everything go. And just allowing the breath to slow us down and relax us. Beautiful. And on your next inhale, I invite you to go to the back center of your head. And see if you can get to a place where your pineal gland lives. And you can imagine like at the temples and the center of your head, like a cross being formed. And you know when you're there because you'll feel like you have a heavy braid on, your head will slightly tip back and it could feel really uncomfortable. And this is the seat of your intuition. And by choosing to go back here, away from your analyzer, which is the front of your brain that keeps you in constant thinking, constant planning, hustle mode, you come back into intuition, and you may find there's less thoughts. And so this is the space that we can consciously go to connect to our intuition. And as women and feminine beings, this is the space we want to get the idea, not in the front of the head. We want it from that purely sourced intuitive place. And I invite you to send a grounding cord from your intuition center down through the center of your body, down through your root chakra grounding, and all the way down to the center of the earth. And now when you ground to the center of the earth, I also invite you to imagine that you are grounding hundreds of miles wide beneath the surface of the earth and allow the earth energy to rise up through your roots. And so here is where we can source energy for all of our creations. Just like when we imagine a seed sprouting and germinating, it's the earth's energy that allows it to grow. So the more we're sourcing earth's energy, the more we can grow the fruits of our labor. So all of our creations, our finances. So the more grounded we are, literally grounded through our energetics, not just having a stable home. You can be grounded without having a stable home. It's about how connected you are to the earth's energy. And so just feel like the roots of the tree, like that capillary action, feel the earth's energy force rising up through your roots and through your body and circling like a toroidal field. So meaning it's coming up, it's sourcing up for your body, it's coming out your crown, and then it's going back down to the earth. And see it in 360 degrees. And this is also protective, it's cleansing, and now you're empowered with an extra amount of energy. The next piece is really connecting to the center of your being, through your center line from the crown of your head, down through the midline of your body to your perineum and see your sparkling light, your original essence, your true essence. And you turn it on like the brightest light bulb, like the brightest sun and let it illuminate out through the layers of your cells, your being. And this is how you turn on your light, your radiance. And so not only in your physical body, but allow it to spread through your aura so you are like a giant bright sun. And here is where if you want to be more glowing, more radiant, you can turn this on. Another piece if you find it challenging to do this is maybe you have other energy in your field. So multiple times throughout the day, I invite you to send all energy out of your field that's not yours and then collect and call all of your energy 100% in present time. So when you do that, you might take a deep breath, you might notice a shift, so you just send all energy out that's not yours. If there's specific things you feel in your field, you can send them to where they came from and then call your energy back. And so we always want all of our own energy inside of our fields. And we don't want anyone else's energy inside of our fields. And so the more you're in your own field, the brighter, more radiant, more magnetic you are because all of your energy is focused. And this is your postal address from the universe to send you your manifestations, your goals, your intentions, your desires. And so right now, even you can visualize a magnet in the center of your being, magnetizing all of your energy back to you. And you can even cast a 24-karat golden net out into the universe, out into the cosmos, past, present, and future, other dimensions, all timelines. Collect all of your energy here and now and ground every cell into the center of the earth 100% in present time. And this also will bring a lot more of your energy online. You might yawn. You might feel energy shifting. And the other thing I invite you to do is in, any anytime you want to be more in your queen energy, what you can imagine is that in your intuition center, there is your throne and you sit back on your throne and you place your crown on your head and you stay in these lean back energetics. And you can try this when you're with your partner. You can just try this when you want to receive more And so instead of feeling yourself go out of yourself, you lean into yourself even more. The focus is on you. And so what we focus on expands, the universe will direct and send what it is you want to you versus you have to go out of yourself to get it or go out there somewhere to get it. And then the last piece that's so beautiful that I feel is so feminine is working with astral roses. So roses are a symbol for the divine feminine. They're a symbol of protection. They're a symbol of divine love. And as feminine beings, our love is our superpower. And I like to use these astral roses like accessories or like jewelry, for example. And you can place them in your fields. You can place like a hula hoop of them around your being. You can place them in your hands. Behind your neck is a great place for protection. You can place one in your heart, your eyes, your mouth, your neck, all your chakras. You can place it in our crown, a giant one at the top of our head and our third eye and our sacrum and our womb. Allow these roses to blossom. And you can program them to do whatever you like. So if you want protection, you can do that. But if you want to be the frequency of divine love, you can simply blossom them in your fields before a meeting, before meeting with your beloved, and even before any kind of meeting if you want your frequency to raise and to be more soft and feminine. And so just placing them around your field as you desire and just noticing the energetic shifts of that. And am take one last deep breath and just integrating all of that into your fields. And once again, coming back into your intuition center, sitting on your throne, placing your crown on your head and really remembering the queen that you are. Grounding your heart into the center of the earth, grounding your womb
2: into the center of the earth. And just feel the divine Feminine, loving, graceful, radiant woman that you are. And men can do a similar practice as well.
1: And then just for a moment, connect to what it is you're calling in and really feel it coming to you.
2: Visualize it, see it, smell it, taste it as if it is already manifested in your life. And remember that
1: small smile on your face to let your physiology know that you're doing things that are for the highest and best good, that are
2: supportive, that are nourishing.
1: And then taking a moment to thank all the benevolent, loving energies that were present for us for this embodiment activation. And then whenever you feel ready, you can open your eyes.
0: Oh, that was so nice. Mm -hmm. So many places, so many feels, so many, so Mm -hmm. much. (laughs) That was quite a journey, thank you. You're welcome. So beautiful. So multifaceted and multidimensional. And I was really Mm -hmm. feeling the energetics in all sorts of different ways. I was like, not wanting you to think I was bored, but yawns kept wanting to come in. I was like trying to stifle them because I'm like, yeah.
1: When I do the practices for myself and I go deeper and there's multiple layers and other things are so much, really, it's like an infinite well of things that we can do within our energetic meridians and run energy in different ways. I'm yawning so much. I like seem like I'm crying because my energy is shifting and upgrading and things are clearing out and things are coming. Yeah. So that is a good sign. So I mentioned you might yawn, you might stretch, you might, you know, so many people, some people burp, like so many things can happen. And that's actually a good sign. It shows that things are shifting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And you can also do a lot of this with your eyes open. So you can mm. put the asterisks in your field with your eyes open if you like suddenly go to customer service and you're like, hello, like this is my situation.
0: <laughs> That's a great earthly tip. Bring it, bring it back down to earth. That's a perfect note to end on. I love that. Um, so I'm sure so many people are intrigued by you and your teaching. So if you can let them know how to best find you.
1: I would say Instagram is the best way. My stories, I'm sharing all my up-to-date things, just my daily living, and so following me and adding me as a favorite so that I the notifications pop up, and yeah, and DMing me there. I'm in there, my team's in there, and so that's like the best. That's the best place. Okay, perfect. my handle for Instagram is Dr. Nikki Starr.
0: We'll, <laughs> of course, put that. Yeah, find me on Instagram, but I won't tell you what my handle is. Um, we'll put that in the show notes. And of course, every Wednesday when these new episodes drop, I will tag her and her ceremony circle episode graphic on my page and all the things. So thank you again. So great to see you. You look the same age as when I knew you all the years <laughs> ago in New York City. Like you haven't aged a day. <laughs>
1: Thank you. And it is so beautiful to catch up before the show and on the show. And yes, it's always a pleasure. Like, I feel so blessed and grateful to just have you as a sister on the path, even though we're not always in touch. I feel like there's there's parallels in our journey and, and aspects of, you know, embodiment and what we're bringing to the earth. And so, so grateful to know you. Mm, likewise. And likewise, you work too and, and offering this
0: space to share. Ah, yes, yes, yes. You're so welcome. And thank you for that reflection. And thank you to the Soul fam for joining us. And we will sit together again next time. Woo-wee! What a powerful voyage that was! It is always so fun and such an honor to share space with these beautiful beings willing to generously share their time, wisdom, and energy so we can have the opportunity to enrich our own lives. And we will always share each epic guest's links and contact info in the show notes that are on my website, alisoncharles.com, and also in my weekly Ceremony Circle podcast Instagram posts at I am Alison Charles, so it makes it easy for you to connect more deeply with them. And fam, you know by now all the heart I put into creating this show. And I would love to be able to continue providing this free content for a long, long time to come. And what would be most supportive in me being able to do that is if you have ever felt you've gained anything positive at all from listening to a Ceremony Circle podcast episode, if it's brightened your day, if it's given you clarity or insights you've been waiting for, if you felt a healing shift during one of the closing ceremony practices, anything at all. If you can just stay on whatever platform you're now listening to this show and simply go to the rating and review section and share even one reason why you're grateful for Ceremony Circle Podcast. Sacred reciprocity is a big deal, and I deeply appreciate you giving back to me so I can keep creating and providing. Sending you so much love.